even though you just sat down, are you squirming in your seats a little bit? Uh, at least a little bit uncomfortable with hearing Jesus proclaiming fire and division? You should be. It means there's something important for us here in this gospel that we need to pay attention to. Jesus talks about bringing fire on the earth. And you remember the story of Blessed Jane of Aza, uh, St. Dominic's mother, uh, who had a dream when she was pregnant with St. Dominic that she gave birth to a dog with a torch in its mouth that lit the world on fire. And hence, whenever you see a Dominican with a dog, you know it's St. Dominic. But we are certainly familiar with natural fire. Warning children about playing with fire is universal. We warn kids to stand back from a hot stove, not to touch a hot plate, or not get too close to the fireplace in the wintertime or in the campfire in the summertime. Uncontrolled fires can be dangerous, and we've certainly seen that these last couple of summers. But when we talk about people having fire in the belly when they are passionate about something, I think this is closer to what Jesus is talking about. Jesus commissioned the apostles to go out to all the world and to proclaim the good news. They are then given the energy, the passion, and the drive to fulfill that command. And historically, we know that they did just that. Jesus next talks about a baptism with which he must be baptized and how anguish, how great is his anguish until it is accomplished. We're used to thinking of baptism, shall we say, politely, uh, as drowning sin and death, which it certainly does. But a more primary or a more primal sense of the word baptize is a deluge or an inundation, like that which came over the earth in the story of Noah. I think it's this more visceral sense of baptism that Jesus is experiencing describing his anguish. Remember, at this point in the gospel, Jesus has already received the baptism of John. The baptism that Jesus is referring to is his passion, more specifically his death, because there is the central mystery of Christmas, God becoming human in order to be swallowed up overwhelmed, inundated by death. This is the baptism with which Jesus is to be baptized. He knew that death was coming for him, and he knew that it wasn't going to be easy, to put it mildly. And like any of us, his sacred humanity was repelled by the idea of death. That is why now in the gospel, Jesus is filled with such anguish. But because he is the incarnate Son of God, 
instead of Jesus being overwhelmed and deluged by death, because he is also fully God, Jesus was able to overwhelm and conquer death in its own territory, in its own stronghold, to destroy it. Jesus' death could accomplish what no other human death could, the forgiveness of sins and reconciliation with God. And he did this solely for love of us. That is why we say that the greatest sign of God's love is Jesus on the cross. Finally, Jesus points out that he came to not bring peace to the earth. Now there's a shocking thought, because every Christmas we sing about Jesus being the newborn Prince of Peace. What's going on? The division that the gospel puts in the mouth of Jesus is precisely what the early church is experiencing at the time St. Luke is writing his gospel. Families and society are being torn apart by dissension. The division comes between those who accept the message of the gospel and those who reject the message of the gospel. And that division has continued through every generation to our own day and will continue until the end of the world. So in that sense, we should not be in the least bit surprised. But notice, this is not where the image of fire is used, because fire in this setting would be uh, like an out-of-control wildfire, something destructive. Here, the fire that Jesus is talking about is the fire of love, the fire of charity, a purifying fire, a fire that builds up, not destroys. Remember that is the, the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles and the church at Pentecost in the form of tongues of fire. This is the fire that we're talking about, and this is the fire that lives within each of us. It's the divine energy that propels us toward goodness, holiness, and justice. It makes things what they were meant to be by removing the disfiguring effects of sin. And it not only shapes beings into what they were created to be, but into something more. In terms of human beings, it shapes and molds us into brothers and sisters of Christ. So he did come to bring peace, peace to those who accept his message. When we say yes to the Lord and his invitation, knowing by faith that he has already conquered sin, suffering, and death, we can know peace, not a superficial peace, not a mere absence of conflict, but an unshakable peace rooted in that hope. 
Earlier, St. Paul put it this way to the Romans. It is Christ who, was, who died, rather was raised, who is also at the right hand of God, who intercedes for us. What will separate us from the love of Christ? Will anguish or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being slain all day long. We are looked upon as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we conquer overwhelmingly through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor present things, nor future things, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature in heaven will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So brothers and sisters, it is this knowledge, this faith, this hope that is the fire in our belly. This is the fire that we carry as St. Dominic did and use to transform the world, not into our image and likeness, but into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. It is a purifying fire that raises all humanity, indeed all creation, to the new and eternal life of the new and heavenly Jerusalem, the city that needs no light for lamp or sun, because the Lord God himself is its light, its beauty, and its joy.